0: This episode is powered by DEN Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, and I'm the founder of Den Meditation and your host. Today, I'm sitting with Whitney Tingle and Danielle Dubois. They're the founders of Saqqara Life, which is a plant-based meal plan with a home delivery service. This started in New York, and it has grown so much they now have two kitchens, one in L.A. as well. They just released their cookbook, Eat Clean and Play Hard, and they've been featured in Forbes 30 Under 30 and Oprah's Super Soul 100 list. These ladies are bad. and these meals are so good I got to try them myself for three days and I swear to God you're never hungry it's so delicious and your skin starts glowing and you feel really healthy we really get into what it means to be more plant based we talk about gut health we talk about the foods we really need they're very clear on food for medicine they both grew up in Sedona and were really educated that way from the start so they really kind of try and help us understand it better but what I really love about their philosophy which is the title of their book eat clean play hard is that it's all about making sure you still connect with yourself. What do you need? What do you want? You want to play? You want that glass of wine? You want to cheat? You want that burger? You want that french fries? You go for it. So they're not strict in their dogma at all all it's really beautiful they're all about their clients they're all about their mission and they're all about just making sure this company is still providing and supporting everyone around them and so they're awesome i can't wait for you to listen to this and lucky for us they are actually giving our listeners 50 dollars off a sakara meal plan or their 10-day reset but it's only for new clients only but stay tuned we'll give you the information um but i really hope you like the episode. so excited to be here with Whitney and Danielle. Can you guys say hello so everyone knows whose voice belongs to who?
1: Hi, I'm Whitney. And I'm Danielle. Because that's always somewhat confusing mm-hmm. and then you're
0: always dying to know and then people are on like their phones like looking at pictures all the time. People
1: confuse us even if you're looking at us. So. Yeah, even in the pictures. You could be sisters.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you get that all the time?
1: Yeah. We're, we're soul sisters. We're soul
2: sisters, yeah. And you grew up together, right? Mm-hmm. I think
1: you start to look like the people you hang out with including your dog including your dog
0: Uh, i have seven dogs or i did at one point now we're at six goodness wow i know so i guess i look a little bit like all of them which is (laughs) not so great because half of them are blind like one eye (laughs) But that's okay i'll take it (laughs) but i'll take it well i'm so glad to have you guys here um i did the meal the sakara life especially this week it was amazing so thank you so i have a ton of questions Mm -hmm. And I know you get asked this question all the time, but I feel like we have to start there, which is your background and how you got here. And I'm sure you're so sick of talking about it. But just even just a little bit because... It's important. It is important. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it, similar to me with the den, is the den came out of me needing something Mm -hmm. and wanting something. It was about me looking for something and there was a hole. And similar for you guys, it really came out of like a reflection of what you were going through and what you needed to take care of yourself. So Mm -hmm. I just love kind of the organic birth of it Mm -hmm. so that's kind of when i want to talk about the background again
1: yeah well it didn't start out as a business at all it really started out as our own therapy our own kind of modality on how to heal our bodies so we've known each other since we were kids how Uh, old
2: um 12 yeah
1: yeah we grew up in sedona arizona Have you spent any time there? Yes. I love that.
0: And like meeting you guys, it makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's pretty magical. And it's also at the forefront of the mind, body, food connection. You know, it was just around us all the time. The importance of taking care of the mind, the, the body, your food, everything was connected. And I moved to New York for college and I decided to study medicine and My struggle really came out of a lifetime of yo-yo dieting and body image issues. My first memory of dieting was at nine years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, Which now that I have a daughter, she's nine months, I can't imagine in eight years she's going to be struggling with this. Isn't that crazy? And it might even be
0: younger in today's world.
1: I mean, I'm going to do everything I can to hopefully prepare her. But um, yeah, at nine years old, I remember, I have this memory of walking through Costco with my mother walking through the supplement aisle and I see these pills that are, say they're, you know, diet pills and you can lose three pounds in three days. And I put them in the cart and try and hide them from my mom during checkout.
0: Were you like? What made you even think that way at that point? At nine, like, were you? I mean, it's more I, full body. Like, I mean, I know when I was younger, I always say there's like two yeah, kid types. Yeah. You're either like a
1: twig, yeah,
0: or you just have more meat on your bones, and then all of a sudden you go through puberty and it, you become whatever you're gonna become. I, I was had more meat on, my, more bones, meat on my bones,
1: bones for, sure. for sure. My my parents also divorced when I was five, and I think that um, I definitely. I don't think I turned to food. I think my mom turned to food to That's help me example. feel better. Yeah, yeah. Try, As her way of trying to take care of me.
0: Like, let's make cookies together. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And your um, mom loved to cook. My mom loved to cook. She's a great cook. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it, I was informed by a lot of things, not my home. My, my mom never talked about weight loss or never spoke poorly about her figure or aging or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was really what was around me, you know, magazines, television, my peers. Uh, And I just got this idea in my head that I wasn't enough. And it certainly wasn't just about the weight. It was like I was putting a lot of um, my insecurities in this bucket of, oh, if I were just thinner, then everything would be better. Um, And how that manifested over the next 10 to 15 years was I turned to every diet to fix myself. So I tried everything. I was on Atkins. I was a raw foodist. I went on keto. I tried a cookie diet, which is not as fun as it sounds. Um, I remember
0: when that was like a thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think all it was is like sugar and fiber. Um, So you're pooping probably and everyone thought you're like super healthy. Yeah. (laughs) And you're barely (laughs) eating anything. Um, And I I'd moved to New York to study medicine. So I knew I wanted to be a healer. And I was a, a science geek. And so I, I, I studied biochemistry and I was interning in a hospital up at St. Luke's up in mm-hmm. Harlem. And we were seeing patients with late stage lifestyle diseases. So heart disease, diabetes, et cetera. And I had this realization that after five years of study, I never had to take a nutrition course or a lifestyle course. And so these patients were coming to us with lifestyle diseases and we weren't really trained to help with lifestyle choices.
0: Now, were you the only person who was having this realization? Do
1: you know Um, what I mean? It's like, it feels like in that
0: situation, like more people would be like, uh,
1: (laughs) well, I think, uh, science and medicine, which I still have so much respect for, um, it teaches, it's very binary, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it teaches you yes or no, white or black. Um, so if you have this symptom, then you take this. If you have this issue, you get this surgery. Um, and so, and and I think that's born out of trying to have a lot of answers for people. People demand answers. Where nutritional therapy or kind of emotional therapy, it it's not as binary. You know, you, right. have, you have to try things, you have to change your lifestyle. So it's a choice every single day. It's not a silver bullet. And I think a lot of, of medicine comes out of this need, not of doctors, but really of patients to, they want the answer and they want the silver bullet and they want to be fixed when they walk out the door.
2: Yeah, it's a lot harder to change your life and because it comes from your culture, it comes from your parents, it comes from your society, everything around you and everything you do every day. And if you've been doing that for over 50 years of your life or... Um, even younger than that, it can be really difficult to change Mm -hmm. at that point. And so it's easier and a safer bet to give somebody a pill at that point. I think that's what doctors believe than telling them, okay, now you need to go home and change everything about the way that you're eating and living.
0: Well, I mean, it works on so many levels. It's like as the receiver to have a magic pill. I mean, wouldn't we all be so happy if there was a magic pill Mm -hmm. that like fixed all of our problems as like the government, there's money made behind that magic pill. I mean, it's just, there's so many layers to why that being the answer works.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And thank God for, for pills and pharmaceutical intervention. My, my whole family are doctors, doctor, so I'm not anti yeah. it, but yeah. like, I agree with you. There's a broader just, way and perspective to look at I knew there was another things. way, and I, I just didn't see it at the time. I, I wasn't surrounded by people trying to use food as medicine where I was growing up, and so I missed that. I missed uh I missed being able to use food as a tool, and I, I was really missing it in my own life was really the I kind really of the love problem. that,
0: like... I love that you're saying food as a tool so Mm -hmm. that it became like a weapon for you a little bit. Yeah. And then you started to figure out how to make it an actual useful tool.
2: Well, it was a weapon against yourself for a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what you're saying. And, And yeah. And, and really what I was kind of, you know, we, we all stand from our own vantage point. Right. And so I was witnessing myself needing nutritional therapy and needing to get back to food as medicine. And then I was in a room with patients every single day watching the same thing, uh, with their lives and and their issues. And so, um, I, I realized that I, 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 wanted to move on to study nutrition, but that, that switch really came from me hitting my rock bottom and my rock bottom came while I was studying medicine, while I was working in the hospital. I did this 21 day cleanse in Southern Arizona. And it was really intense. It was a seven day water fast and then two weeks of all raw food. Oh my God. Yeah. And I went, you know, I was so excited to go and I kind of put it under this umbrella of like, oh yeah, I'm going on this, you know, detox spiritual journey. You know, it's so good for me. I'm doing something so good for myself. But really it was an excuse to not have to worry about food for 21 days, you know, and kind of lean into my, the issues I already had. Um the last thing I should be doing was not eating, you know. Oh my god. Um and I on the twenty second day I flew home to New York City and I was so sick and Whitney saw me. We were roommates at the time and she's like, What did you do? <laughs> and she took me to the hospital and so I So what had, did
0: you think though, like when she went away on this cleanse? Like did you know it was not a great idea or like where were you at as far as where she was going through stuff?
2: Um I think she, she needed to go through her own journey and figure these things out for herself. Um, I had certain feelings about her dietary choices and her diets and her feelings around Exchange. herself and her body, mm-hmm. but it was her own journey. And it did look like a beautiful place to go to <laughs> and have a retreat outside of New York and to learn a I lot. I mean it wasn't
1: luxe. We were staying no. in like straw huts in 120 degree weather and meditating Oof. outside,
2: <laughs> but learning from some of the top
1: yeah, food gurus of that time Health gurus learning really, yeah,
2: yeah, and learning how to live off of the land and how to prepare raw cuisine and learn about all different types of superfoods. Was it I'm trying to think is it just that your
0: body wasn't ready for that like who who is that good for i guess is my question and i, I know we're getting now. off topic a little bit but
1: i would go now you know, but what? whitney and i talk about there being this pendulum and you know you kind of want to live where the pendulum is in the middle where you feel really good mm-hmm. and you have momentum and everything kind of feels in sync and the only way to do that is you find your your lines your um, your edges and so sometimes the pendulum swings in one way and sometimes the pendulum swings in the other way. And for most of my life, I was living in extremes. And so the pendulum was not in the middle. It was on either side. I was either dieting or eating really bad food. Um, and so what I needed was that middle ground where I felt safe and nourished and healthy. Um, but I learned, you learn a lot from your edges, right? You learn how to get back to the middle, And so I had found an edge at this 21-day retreat for (laughs) sure. And it's what really, you know, I wanted this spiritual transformation. I wanted this um, kind of, I guess, shift in my life. And I thought it was going to come out of uh, this realization at this retreat or something. But what I really got was I, I hit my own personal rock bottom, which then helped me turn my mess into my mission. And so that's what really drove me to go on and study nutrition because I realized I had so much healing to do for myself. Yeah, Amazing. and also
2: that I think there was also a viewpoint around this idea of preventative medicine mm-hmm. and wellness, where in that time people would talk about illness when it, when talking about medicine but not about wellness. You know, you, you go to see your doctor only when you're sick, but who do you go see to keep you healthy?
0: I know. It's just, I feel like it's just really starting to break through mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And even now it's still, depending what areas or are where you are, it can yeah. still be an uphill conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: but I mean, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Danielle was in this rock bottom and I happened to be there as well. <laughs>
0: At least you were there together. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah it's, it's nice to have your friend down there with you <laughs> <laughs> um, it is by the way <laughs> we were living together in this teeny tiny apartment in new york city us and a family of mice as oh. it, where as were you what part of the city in soho which nice. is amazing yeah i loved it um and we were both working our asses off and trying to survive in that city um i moved out to new york to work on wall street oh yes how old were you 22.
0: I'm just trying to get a sense of age. So that was, it was not a great time. I'm assuming as far as,
2: Oh no. Yeah. No, no, no. This was (laughs) right before it all blew. It all blew up. Yep. And, um, so I moved out there thinking this was the best industry to be in. This is, if you wanted to go and be successful in New York, you get into finance and, um, I had grown up watching Susie Orman, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be like Susie Orman—you know, a woman in control of her finances, strong, capable, didn't need a man to tell her what to do. By the way, you are, which is (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Different career path led me here, yes, Um, and but I thought finance was going to be it, and I got there and was thrown into a whirlwind life and the culture of banking um just 50 hour work weeks not 50 80 hours I was gonna say it was more not than 50, that for sure 80 80 50 would have been 80, like your vacation week like, <laughs> reason No, like 80 hour work weeks you go 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 it's non-stop. did you have a cot um no but I definitely remember days where we would be out late super late you come home you shower you change clothes and you go to work oh yeah yeah is it
0: funny like what your body can mm-hmm. do when it's younger though like I guess not very well because that's what we're getting to but still yeah. like if I try to pull off any of that now I, oh, no, I no, 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 no. same thing I still to go to my assistant jobs here and like sometimes on like no sleep an hour of sleep not even the shower mm-hmm. and like crawl in and somehow I could do the whole day of like hi can I help you what can I do and blah, blah blah and somehow do it I might be tired in the middle but like I was like I wouldn't even be able to get through an hour now
2: oh yeah insane yeah. for sure and uh So I was just, I I walked into this career thinking in order to succeed, I needed to do whatever the successful people in that career were doing. So I would come in and I'd work like them. I would eat whatever they were eating. I'd go out after work and drink whatever they were Uh drinking. And then when I started to look and feel like them, I knew something had to stop. I didn't want to wake up at 45 with a beer belly and a receding hairline like my bosses. I uh, had put on a quick 15 pounds right off the bat already, and my cystic acne that I'd been battling with since high school was at an all-time worst. Just big, red, painful cysts all over my face. It's so hard. The face is so hard. I know people think oh it's just some pimples You're like no it's big red bumps all over your face. It's also painful like when it it's is. cystic. It would be. But in your 20s to have that on your face
0: it that fucks with you in a whole nother level too.
2: It was affecting my confidence levels in a big way where I would walk into a room and I would think that people are looking at it and that that is all they're looking at. Did you wear your hair down all the time and like oh try yeah, I had and cover it? Yeah. and fringe and all of that for sure. Um, I wouldn't leave the house without makeup on, all of that, all all the tricks. Um, And I had already tried everything that you can possibly think of. I don't even want to think about how much money I spent over the years,
1: over the decade of Uh, trying. Money and time. This making and that time. And emotional energy, yeah. 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 I I remember her doing a crazy laser that, it was like I think it was the one with acid and the light. yeah. Uh, and and it she had to stay home for seven days, and it was just like peeling. Her skin was just peeling for days, like and a she burn. was puffy. Like a it burn. No, <laughs> <never works>.
2: none <laughs> of it worked.
1: No, it's it's all just treating
2: the outside symptoms. Yeah, but in those days, um, dermatologists were only looking at your skin. And even today, very few dermatologists out there are now looking at the body and the skin as a whole. Um, So they were giving me rounds and rounds of antibiotics, which also knowing now what we know about the microbiome and how important gut health is to every part of your body, um, I really wish that I hadn't taken all of those different antibiotics. Um, But I was on all the tetracyclines, minocyclines, Z-packs, but all of those came
1: with, like, hope. <laughs>
2: yeah. I was hopeful with every single one. Yeah, Yeah,
1: you become desperate, for sure, like, looking Before for the desperate. answer. Yeah, and, and we talk a lot about this, but both of us were seeking the answers outside of ourselves. Mm. You know, we weren't really tuning in until we had to, until we were forced to at rock bottom. Yeah, I, and finally I, mean, I couldn't
2: ignore that voice that was screaming inside of me any longer. I was sitting in this dermatologist's chair on the upper east side as he's writing me another prescription for Accutane, Ugh. which I had already done, and it didn't work for me. Um, and I just I started crying, and I was like, enough of all of this. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to figure out what is actually causing this acne, and I need to treat that. And... So I joined Danielle in the rock bottom <laughs> together, <laughs> and we both decided food was going to be the solution that we needed to heal our bodies.
0: Now, at this point, you were at school for nutrition,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're like, and your mom—you come from a family like your mom cooks. You said, right? Yeah. So, were you cooking? Like, was that still something you love to do, or no? Mm,
1: no. <laughs> so it's just interesting that no. you went
0: to, but I'm guessing like the nutrition, like I think your it was education. because
2: growing up in Sedona. And because of what Danielle was learning in school, we saw it as we it, knew it the power of food is medicine. We knew that nature heals. And even growing up in Sedona, people were coming there from all different walks of life looking for healing, looking for healing through things like meditation and reiki healing and acupuncture and all these different modalities, but also through food and through superfoods and through organic food and through plants.
0: So you guys were raised with the idea of superfoods already. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like tell me a little bit more about being raised in Arizona. Like what was your upbringing like in that sense? Like what was part of your family upbringing? Like what were the philosophies, religion, -religion? Mm non-religion? Like how did your parents explain like life and death to you? Like it feels Mm -hmm. like being Mm -hmm. there, you have a very More advanced or different sense of what a lot of us probably were raised with?
2: I would say that my parents were, I'd say they were pretty out there in terms of being open minded and spiritual. Um, I'd say they probably both considered themselves Protestant Christians and had this belief system that you have a direct communication line to God, that you don't need to be in a church. That you don't need to communicate through anybody. That wherever you sit and pray, you can sp- can communicate to God. That's mm-hmm. beautiful.
1: Yeah, and I think in um, in Sedona there were just so many different types of people. You know, there were there's a big Osho community there. Um, <laughs> Whitney and I used to hang out with a guy named Jade who lived in his van and <laughs> traveled around the world. Uh, we knew a kid that. Um, only ate sunshine. What are they called? Arians. Um, (laughs) You know, it was real, but it it wasn't weird for us, you know? Um, And so I think being around so many different types of people really just opened our eyes to um, there's no judgment. And I like what Whitney just said. And I think she, she said it well, where you have that direct connection. You don't have to go through anyone and what that, I think gave us was this understanding that we have power over our own lives and we had forgotten. And so this this rock bottom was kind of this beautiful reminder of like, oh, yeah, we've been seeking outside of ourselves, but we have this direct connection to truth, to whatever you want to call God. Um, And we'd lost our way a little. And so I think how we found ourselves again was turning to food because... You know what? What's that saying where it's like somebody that's health, somebody that's healthy has a million dreams, and somebody that's not healthy only has one. And oh, I love that. that was our one dream was just to get back to feeling really good because we just didn't feel good anymore.
0: Do you feel like being in New York was clearly like both of you? I mean, it sounds like you were already struggling before New York a little bit, but it feels mm-hmm. like New York was really hard on you okay. guys. Well,
1: New York requires that you give everything. And if you don't have anything to give, then you find your rock bottom really quickly. You have to know how to kind of build a moat around yourself so that you, uh, you stay centered because if you don't know how to, I guess, kind of, um, keep your center or know what are the things that keep you sane or keep you healthy, then you'll just spin out because you just start doing all the things around you. You know. You mm-hmm. start going out all the time, or you start saying yes to all the meetings, and before you know it, uh, it you're, you're consumed by all that's around you.
2: And I'd say that New York is a catalyst city. The, the energy there that. Yeah. is strong, where if you have a dream or an idea, you, you feel like you want to build something, grow something, it's a place where anything can happen, and it will make it happen and quickly. But if you come in with problems or insecurities or things like it's that, gonna it's going to expose gonna, it, them. It will. And it'll make those happen, too. Mm-hmm. So you have to. It's like an accelerator. Yeah, exactly. it is. It's an accelerator. So you have to bring those out and deal with them. Or else they'll. It is so interesting because
0: people always say it, and people usually just blame the money. But that is there is a different perspective of like it's really hard to make it in New York, and, money and people is just, all move there, and very few people energy, stay there.
1: You know, it's all just yeah. energy, and so there's just a ton of energy in New York, and so you either. Use it, and you have the reins, or it uses you, and it has the reins.
0: Mm-hmm. And you don't think there was anything to like being from Sedona, like your energy just at that time wasn't like compatible. It was like you're coming from such a different energy too, field. Me.
1: That wasn't it for me. I think w- I think we have different kind of energetic compositions. Mm-hmm. Like I f- I thrive in New. I love New Daniel's York City.
2: Fast and
1: yeah, mercurial. I yeah. like change. I like amplitude. Um, I moved to New York first, then with the the day I landed I was like I just know this is where I'm supposed to be and I don't know why I thought that because I was going to school full-time I had to pay my way through school I had three jobs I was probably sleeping four hours a night (laughs) it was it was so consuming but I just I really I really felt at home there
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it was harder for you
2: yeah um I never drank coffee in my life until I moved to New York (laughs) 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 I was like welcome to New York please move faster
0: do you drink coffee now?
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. I have to keep up. I mm-hmm. think that mm-hmm. my natural state of being is much more calm and slower. Mm-hmm. So, is it hard for you to stay
0: there? Like, are there?
2: Mm-hmm. Do you <clears throat> envision moving
0: out? Like, for for you? Like, if it's something that you feel like you said the words. I think, like, I have to keep up.
2: Yeah, I do have to keep up. That's like
0: a hard feeling sometimes. If you mm-hmm. always feel
2: that way. Mm-hmm. I think that we're on a mission, and that is very motivating that, as I was saying, if you feel this thing inside of you that you have something to build, that you need to do something there, you can't leave until that thing is done. Yeah. And we're on this mission and people in New York and across the country and across the world still really need us. And so we have to be there in order to make things happen.
0: So what changes it to you guys? So you started cooking just at home. In your apartment, mm-hmm. in your little apartment with the mice. Well, we didn't
1: really start cooking a lot <laughs> we until... We started trying everything. Yeah, the, the real cooking came after, I think we honed in on what the nutrition was. So you we were like, wanted. you
0: made a conscious choice of like, let's do some research on this. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. We probably spent two years of our lives while Reading, I was finishing studying, school.
2: talking to people.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we were kind of fusing this, this deep understanding of maybe more Eastern modalities of nutrition and nutritional therapy. Um, You know, Ayurveda, macrobiotics, things that we just grew up around Mm -hmm. with all the things I was learning in school. Um, So kind of the forefront of nutrition science and the study of the microbiome and nutrigenomics and epigenetics and the importance of both of your nutrition and and your environment on how your body acts and reacts. What in
0: those two years, like really shook you or got you or made you go, holy shit. Like what was that one thing in two years that you're like, Oh my God,
2: it
1: was gut health. I mean, I had been spending an entire, my entire life thinking that the way you build a fit body is by eating low calorie foods and working out a lot. Um, and in truth, it's not. It's making sure you're nourishing yourself in every way, so not just food, but also making sure your workouts are, are nourishing as well. Um, and that's because of the six pounds of bacteria living in your gut, dictating everything. Oh my God! About your emotional mm-hmm. and physical health, and no one was talking about how to eat for it. And we spent the last many decades bombing it with antibiotics. It is um, so crazy,
0: like, when you say it like that, too, that's responsible for your physical and emotional health. Yeah. Like, that's mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, we used to think your emotional health came from your brain. Only. There are things informing your brain before you get to think your thoughts.
0: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. I know the other thing that I read in your book that I love. And by the way, we haven't even said that they have this incredible book, oh, please. You. It's so beautiful. Thank and I can't so wait much. to like make these recipes because that's always my thing. I'm always just to like go off for a second. I'm always like, I would love to cook a little more plant-based, but I don't even know where to begin. So thank you yeah, for right. that launching point. Um, but you said in there and I, th- I think, correct me, I'm sure I'll get it wrong, but it was like 70% of all of our immune system cells mm-hmm. live in our, our gut. Yeah. Right. I was like, my stat's in your gut
1: crazy yeah I mean I knew it
0: affected our immune system but Mm -hmm. that is
1: your immune system
0: yeah yes that visual made me go oh wait that is your immune system the whole thing
1: if you think about how things get into our body you know your digestive tract is technically outside of your body right so you're you're swallowing it and it's inside your body but it's in these tubules that then the tubules your colon your small intestine your stomach they have to decide what gets into your bloodstream. So it's still technically, they call it outside the body when you swallow right. something. Right, it hasn't been like... Yeah, it hasn't been absorbed. Yeah. And so how it is absorbed through your digestive system and your digestive tract is through this permeable layer. And that is literally the first barrier to entry. So that that is what's deciding exactly what is coming out of your food and into your bloodstream, into your body. Um, And so one of the things that decides that the most is the, the bacteria in your gut. And so people tend to think like, immune system comes from all of these different types of, you know, you have to take vitamins, you have to do all these things. And that, of course, is part of it. But nobody ever thought, oh, making sure I'm eating enough leafy greens every single day is how I take care of my immune system.
0: But that's what's so amazing about it is like now you're saying, okay so this barrier makes all the decisions of what it's letting in Mm -hmm. and out. So the good decisions. And and I joke, we say that about meditation, too. Mm -hmm. Like when you're increasing your energy, it's Mm -hmm. like you download all of these thoughts and like the stronger your energy is, it will pick the better thoughts to move forward it mm-hmm. won't waste the energy and time on the bad ones so mm-hmm. it's almost the same idea but again going back to how we started this conversation you would think it's like okay well like so what pill do i take like what pill do i take but it's not it's just like what are you eating
1: yeah. first and foremost i mean the most important decision that is like most think, of what
0: makes up what affects your gut yeah what, what you're eating
1: everything i mean the 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 most important thing we believe most important decision you make every single day are the the things that you're about to put into your body. And I think that's not just food. It's the thoughts that you're thinking. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, what are you, what are you holding as truth in your thoughts? And what are you, because it's, 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 it's so apparent on your plate too. When I decided every single day what I was going to eat or not eat before I had my personal transformation, it was so reflective of how I felt about myself it is
0: so true I mean it goes mm-hmm. back to like you're going through a breakup you're eating ice cream like in front of the tv mm-hmm. I mean it really is true yeah like what's on your plate or, like you could
2: are you worthy of nourishment yeah yeah
0: definitely. it's funny you could almost do a whole game of like just looking at plates and being like oh they're going through this they're going through this oh, not feeling sure, great yeah. I mean that's amazing um,
1: I'm, I'm forgetting her name uh, but uh, women food and god have you read that book no Ugh, oh, it's so powerful. I can't. Her name is escaping me, but she's amazing, and she talks about the meditation of food. And she hosts these. She helps women with mostly women. I'm sure she helps a lot of men as well, but um, she tends to to f- to focus on women and dealing with pretty severe uh, disorders around food. So she, ta- the beginning of her book, she talks about how she um, hosts these kind of gatherings and retreats. And she opens on this scene where everybody, it's lunch hour and everyone's in the cafeteria. And she has everyone go and get their food. And then you sit down in a circle on the floor and everybody has to wait until everyone is seated before you can eat. And just, it gives me chills, just witnessing how uncomfortable or sometimes comfortable people are sitting in front of food, not eating, waiting, and then also realizing what they have on their plate versus what every single other person has on their plate. It's mm. just, it's just—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's so uh-huh. moving. Her book is so moving, and she talks about how some people are so nervous, and you can tell they just want to eat, they just want to eat. Um, and she walks through this whole meditation before she allows people to eat of really starting to understand, are you actually hungry? Where is this anxiousness coming from? And so she talks about how God is on your plate. Because those are the decisions that you're making about not just your present self, but your future self as well, that these decisions are so reflective of all of that.
0: So for you, who was like on a million diets, like, did you have issues with control? Or that wasn't really your thing? Um,
1: I don't think that was really my thing. I think my thing was um, much more around worthiness, around feeling enough and, you know, back to this idea of God being on your plate. If you don't feel worthy, then you're not nourishing yourself. So it was more like I, instead of the t- of taking the time to prepare a healthy meal, I would just like, you know, grab a to-go thing that's, you know, like a ham and cheese sandwich or something like that. Or I'd, um, it's, if food is not about nourishment and it's just about, oh, shoot I gotta eat something I gotta grab something then you're not really taking care of yourself
0: and I also meant control in the like were you the person like couldn't have like a bowl of trips in front of you without eating the whole thing like now
1: no.
2: no I would say it, it was like around you not fully stepping into your power mm-hmm. where oh.
1: yeah they talk about how weight is a lot of that um and I certainly was never heavy, but I was probably 10, anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds heavier than I felt comfortable. And that's a way to hide, you know. It's a yeah. way to keep, keep myself from the outer world. So, mm-hmm. like, the more pounds I could put on, the more I could kind of hide behind things. And that really is deciding. And I was hiding behind my skin. Right. And it's so deciding, you know, I, I'm, I'm not willing to let my light shine. I don't feel worthy of letting my light shine
0: and so for both of you, during this two-year process of like doing research before you started cooking, when did you start feeling the changes for yourself, even if it was just the mental and emotional changes?
1: Well, we had tried so many different things because we really we didn't have the answer. We had to go out and seek it. And so over those two years, we tried lots of things. We tried elimination diets. We tried <laughs> juice cleanses. We tried the master cleanse. We were vegetarians and vegans together and especially I think around Whitney's skin people always wanted to tell her what to do and what to eliminate what to not eat how frustrating is that stop eating nuts you probably have a nut sensitivity I'm sure it's worth it stop eating dairy you probably have a dairy sensitivity and so she did all that and none of that worked and so we decided to really focus on okay let's let's figure out what to eat not what not to eat Um, and so we built what are now now called our nine pillars of nutrition and it's, it's all based on the science of a whole food plant rich diet. But what we've done is we've isolated these nine things that we think are the most important to focus focus on. And when you think about building your plate, building your, your day full of food, your week full of food so that you're getting enough nutrients into your body every single day. Um, and once we kind of came up with the the skeleton of it all we built a meal program for each other and so we said okay let's try this for us it was like okay well this is just another thing to try we weren't sure it was gonna work mm-hmm. it made a lot of sense to us but you know sometimes elimination diet makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. also. but you guys
0: came up with the pillars first
1: we came up with the pillars first yeah and
2: did and you mean, some of those you were asking like what blew our mind like yeah. some of those things blew our mind yeah like one of our pillars is to eat your water i mean that blew my mind by the way yeah Water is one of the most essential nutrients that your body needs, yet it's not found on the back of a nutrition facts label. So, so many people are focused on how many calories are in this, how many carbs, how much protein, how many grams of sugar,
1: but they're not talking about how much water am I getting from my food. And that's because those things at the nutrition label contain zero water. So Mm -hmm. part of the the definition behind something being shelf-stable Is that you have to take water out of it because water actually makes things go bad. Right. Yeah. Water, which is, I mean, it's just so difficult.
0: Hey guys, it's time to talk about our next Dentox live panel. These have been so successful and they are so great. You have to be here, come in person. The next one is how to heal yourself. Yep, that is right. We are gonna have a panel with incredible healers on there, energetic healers from different modalities. You have the chance to learn what does this even mean? How does it work? How could it work for me? Do I have the power to even heal? Can I heal myself or do I have to go to someone else to do it for me? So much, but the point is this is powerful stuff, you guys, and it is out there and no one's fully acknowledging it or taking it in and this is going to clear up a lot of the mystery and clear up a lot of the answers the questions that you might have and give you the answers that you need so please come June 8th Saturday night at Den La Brea go to Den Talks podcast reserve your space this will fill up and like usual we always have some goodies and surprises and we will hang out and have some fun too what do you think and I then I want to talk more about mm-hmm. the pillars and things but what do you think we as consumers or just citizens of the U.S. are most misinformed about in regards to this? I mean, the list could be very long. <laughs> the list
2: is
1: long. Um, two things came to mind. Uh, I would say the answer, how I'd want to answer your question. I thought you were going somewhere else, so I'll, 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 first I'll answer the question. By the way, question, I feel free to answer is, that question, yeah, too. <laughs> no, I, I will, but the, to answer your question, I, I think that people don't understand how important organic. That's what I was going to say too. I think people think that it's kind of for the, the wealthy or the, the, um, the the lucky ones and maybe they're right. Or that it's a scam. And that, that's heartbreaking to me that, you know, it is 45% more expensive on average than conventional and it shouldn't be. It's just how food used to be. It's not anything that's special. It's just that it's special now as compared to what's available to us. Um, but getting... But I love how you said it's what food used to be. Yeah. Isn't it's that just, interesting? It's it's actually not covered in all the chemicals. It's like if the least developed. It takes developed, more time yeah. Yeah. and more care to grow.
2: You have to be paying attention to it. You have to be in rhythms with how things grow and when they need to be harvested and you have to have the patience to rotate rotate your crops and all of these different elements that people just want to skip by and that you have to pay the price with that. There's, there are no, um, no, what's the word? Silver bullets, on? easy no. way out. What do you mean? <laughs> like you can't cheat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, I think that, I, I think that it, it, it should be, it should be what's easy. It should be what's everywhere, and it's really sad that it's not. Um, And so I I sit here fully recognizing that I'm very lucky that I have the option to choose organic as often as I do, Um, and I I want that for everyone. Um, And it's something that we believe we're having an impact on, one, not just by, by just talking about it and the education behind it, but also by supporting as many local and organic farmers as we possibly can. Um, and it's not just about you and your plate and your health; it's also about the health of the environment as well. So true. Um, is where I thought you were going. I was going to say, kind of like, what do you think we're? You're gonna be like the better question out. would have been. No, 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 I'm just no, no not at all. <laughs> I think that's a great question, but um, I guess I thought you meant more, like, what do we, what are we kind of missing out on? And I, as a culture, and I think as a culture, we don't have reverence for mealtime. We don't have totally agree respect for, and by
0: the way, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: so are we, you know, and I mean, sure. we're lucky enough to have food in the fridge ready to eat all the time. And so that means we can easily be on the go with it. Yeah. Um, but if you can find time and space to know that this is the way that you are nourishing and taking care of yourself, I think the idea of a ritual is really in vogue right now. Um, And your food should really be a ritual, right? It really should be. You don't necessarily have to have um, you know, a facial massage that you give yourself every morning. If that makes you feel great, great. But I think people so easily forget that you're already eating every single day. And so if you can just pull ritual into that, have reverence for your decisions that you're making on how to nourish yourself, it's one of the most important things to do. So many people tell us, like, ugh. Your food takes so long to eat. I
2: feel like I'm chewing forever. That's a good thing. "Mm, Yeah, it's filled with fiber. You need to sit down and eat. They're like, well, it takes me 20 minutes. (laughs) You're like, that's not that long. Can I put it in a blender and just blend it and take it with me? And we're like, no, you need to sit down. (laughs) There's no cheating.
0: So wait, but by the way, I mean, not that I would want to do that, but you're saying actually do not blend it. Does that change the whole... Purpose, like, does it change nutri- nut, like uh, nutritional value or anything?
1: It does. It does. I mean, I don't really like to talk about it because I think if you're eating blended fruits and vegetables, it's way better way than going better to grab than a than hamburger not. or something, right? Um, or a bagel. But, but if you're comparing those yeah, two, yeah. But if if we could just dream for a second, if I could get everyone to actually chew their greens, um, it's, wait, that's so interesting because one of the if, questions I was gonna ask you is how you feel about shakes. Yeah, I mean, so, I think if that's a, a vehicle for you to get more good stuff into your body, then I'm certainly pro that. Um, but chewing is part of the digestive tract and tr- digestive system. And it's really important. Um, and chewing enough is really important and it's too easy it's to the just the first part of your digestive. Tract. It's
0: because you release enzymes when you're chewing, you right? Am I remembering my biology enzymes, correctly?
1: <laughs> you release digestive enzymes and you're also alerting your body that you're eating and that's part of the digestion as well. And
0: if you're just Drinking, it's not the same exactly. effect. So your body hasn't turned on, like, the eating machine.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also, and like, the, <laughs> I like if you think about um, putting something into a high-speed blender, you're actually shifting the way fiber exists within the food. Mm. Um, and so it doesn't have the exact same impact on your digestive tract as just sitting down and chewing your kale does.
0: I never would have guessed this. This is so interesting.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, I... I I think people like to talk about what not to eat and what not to do. Mm -hmm. So we try to not really talk about that a lot and just say, look, if that's how you're getting your greens, then you're doing great. Of course. It's better than not getting
0: them at all. How do you guys, I don't want to say sell it because that's not what I'm going for. How do you, and maybe they're just not for you. You have to be ready. What about the people who the idea of eating a plant-rich diet seems like a punishment? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. someone who's like, I'd rather have my... Or whatever, you know, just the America. more traditional, like what we yeah. were raised on more, yeah, typical yeah. American fare. Are you? Is your just philosophy kind of like, well, then they're just not ready. Like, obviously mm-hmm. you're not shoving food down anyone's throat. but Or do you have something that you would say or a way to like work with someone like
1: that? We talk about just, again, focusing on what to eat, mm-hmm. not what you're not eating. So if somebody really feels like, to complete a meal, they need French fries and a burger. I do love um, French fries. Then, and so do we, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if they feel like that is a, like there's not a meal that that doesn't have that, then we say, okay, well, then add in greens. Like find a, find a way to add in plants. And what that does is it starts to feed the good bacteria that you want in abundance in your digestive tract, and starts to slowly starve out. The quote bad bacteria that we want to to not be there anymore that are maybe giving your body um, not so good signals. So the whole point is start you are what you do the majority of the time, and so we don't have to go from black to white. We can just start adding in more of the plants, and then that will shift. Uh, what is in your gut and what your gut is telling your brain through the vagus nerve. And that will slowly start to shift what you're craving. So even
2: even just by eating more of these foods, your body's going to start to want to eat more of these foods Mm -hmm. without having to give up the things that you already like to eat. And then once you start to feel how good it feels, then... You'll want to Just naturally making it. a transition. Yeah.
1: But joy is a nutrient. And so if you feel like you're depriving yourself, if you feel like this is not fun at all, um, then it's not going to work. And so part of right. our job is to make it really fun and delicious for you.
0: So, right. So in a sense, you're saying like the sakar life that you deliver is the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. It's like the mm-hmm. best version of how you can be eating. Yeah. But there's a million ways you can still be putting great stuff yeah, in you. Exactly. But like we can do it for you and make your life easy if you're open and want to do that. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and for a lot of our clients, they're eating other things, but this is their way. We support them in their lifestyle because they're not going to get these foods elsewhere out there in their life. Because it
0: can be hard. It can be hard. I was saying that's why I'm excited about your cookbook because it's really hard sometimes to do it. Like, do you guys cook for yourselves or do you eat your meals? No, we eat
2: our meals mostly. Daniel cooks a little bit more than I do.
1: I cook a lot of dinner, but usually I'll just take a Saqqara dinner and I'll heat it up and then I'll split it between my husband and I and then cook something else for us. So, you know, we think about Saqqara it's it. you have to get that into your body every single day. That's what you have to do. If there are things that you want to add or you want that piece of chocolate or a glass of wine, it's it's fine, but make sure you're doing this. And then usually what happens is you start to realize you, you don't need the other things as often.
0: So one of the things you said, which I love, but I might butcher it a little bit, mm-hmm. is you are what you eat the majority of the time, or mm-hmm. you are what you do the majority. You've said exactly. something to that effect. Yeah. And um, Well, I love that for a few reasons. I think, A, it plays into a little bit of your philosophy which i want to chat about which yeah. is the title of your book eat clean and exactly. play dirty but i love that because it again it takes that diet aspect of if i fuck up i'm so screwed out of yeah, it there's no wagon which to i like fall off of. right it's exactly like, there's no wagon to fall <laughs> yeah. off of that because people say that it's and i always tell people whenever they're like when i'm on a diet i'm not eating whatever it is carbs i'm like it always makes me just go like this because i'm like if you eliminate everything i mean depending where you are in mm-hmm. life chances are you're one day just going to crack and want it, and then you throw the whole thing out the window. So I'm always like, can't you just find a way to, like, just shift to be eating a little more well-rounded or whatever it is? But I love that because I do feel like it takes that guilt away. Mm -hmm. And And also, like, that thing when you were talking about the gut of – you know, when you see how, hear how sensitive it is and how responsible we are ourselves, which is something I think most of us don't realize, mm-hmm. you kind of just figure we're born with these bodies and it's, it's all working until it's not working. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how much is in there that we're screwing up every day. Mm-hmm. I like that philosophy too of you are what you do most of the time. Cause again, you don't freak out. Like if you have the burger or the fries or ice cream mm-hmm. or whatever your vice is or thing that you love.
1: Yeah. I remember being so scared to fall off the wagon when I was dieting because if I fell off the diet wagon, then I was like back to ground zero. Right. And I didn't know, I didn't have a toolkit on how to get back to feeling really good. Um, and so now with Sakara and this nutrition, I'm not scared to say yes to a crazy weekend of pizza and french fries or whatever it is because I know how to get back to feeling really good. So there's not that guilt cycle.
2: Right. Um that, what am I going to do now?
1: Feeling. Right. Because like you're already doing yeah. it. You know just know how to this, get back. You know yeah, this to, is out
0: of the norm versus the norm, mm-hmm. so it's okay. Yeah,
1: you're not and at the mercy style. of the pendulum. You're controlling the pendulum. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And your, your gut is like an ecosystem.
2: And so, so many people, when you're talking about eliminating carbs and eliminating these things, they don't think about the other side of the ecosystem, where uh, if you're feeding certain bacteria in there, that's what's going to grow. Mm-hmm. And if you're not feeding certain bacteria in there, it's not going to grow. Right. And so you can't just eliminate things out. You also need to be adding in to feed that side up. And having that balance in your gut and having that living, breathing ecosystem um, is what allows the body to be able to do this, of, of eating clean and playing dirty.
0: How do you guys live the outside part? Like clearly you have the food down because you have the service like every day. How do you live how do you do the outside part of it? How do you live Look, I own a business too. It's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's two of you which is great, but it's brutal, but yours is huge, so it's a whole different scale. And it's how do you live the balance? I know I heard you say once somewhere which I agree a thousand percent is when you're starting a business, you just assume you're sacrificing something. It's not like your mm-hmm. time expands. You have to sacrifice something. So I think my question would A, be what did you guys each sacrifice? And now X years in, do you still feel like you're
2: sacrificing something
0: or have you figured out a way to have more balance in it?
1: It's mm. a good question.
2: I'd say early on we sacrificed a lot of sleep <laughs> um, <laughs> because we were, up all night cooking ourselves. And then if the delivery guy didn't show up, then we we're delivering too. And then answering emails during the day and on and on. I mean, a delivery think, service, like you just ask for a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this
1: business is that's not
2: easy. also but. I think like as you grow, you have to start. It's like a trade, like an exchange. And one of the most valuable things that you can exchange is your ego. And if you can give up ego, then you will receive amazing things in return. And so we had to give up our shame and fear that we were having around not being good enough. We had to. Um,
1: we had to be okay not being a success. Mm-hmm. And to make this not about our success, but yeah. about other people's transformations. We had to step up
2: when we thought that we couldn't do things. Um,
1: Yeah, and I I also think like what we, if I think about the word sacrifice, I would say we sacrificed a certain, a certainty around our path. So Mm. I knew my path if I had gone to med school. Like it was very clear to me what my life would look like. I would always have a job, it would be very stable. You know, Whitney wanted to go to business school, she'd be a banker. A certain ladder, yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's a rhythm, there's a, um, There's a certainty around the the kind of outcome. And someone else had already paved that path before us, too. Yeah. And I think that we, early on, there was so much uncertainty. It was like, we know that this is powerful nutrition. It changed our lives. We are certain it could change millions of lives. But I don't know if we're the people to do it. I don't know if people are going to believe us. I don't know if anyone's going to listen. I don't know if anyone wants their lives changed. Um, and so I think that we gave up, uh, a level of certainty. And so when Whitney says we didn't sleep, it wasn't just cause we were working hard. It was also cause we were nervous. And, yeah. and even though we felt certain that we were on the right path many times, there was certainly doubt that creeped in many times. How do
0: well. you navigate that? Cause I get it too. I mean, same thing with this. I remember being like, I, I didn't even tell anyone for the longest time because mm-hmm. I knew the answer I would get people were like, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> and and I remember being like so certain in the uncertainty yeah. until I would think about it too much, Yeah. and then I was like, "Oh God, I can't! Oh, yeah, I just got you gotta can't, think I, you can't like think about it because like then it's like you it all, get, could get crippled is with fear silly if you
1: think about it too much." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think having each other mm-hmm. really, really helped us. Yeah,
0: I mean, you two clearly have like a very symbiotic, beautiful relationship. You can tell the roots are deep. Yeah. Where is it challenging for you guys?
1: I think sometimes I miss just having her as a best friend hmm. where, um, you know, we're not going to just like go out to dinner and hang out as girlfriends. We're going to talk about work and problem things. solving. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the things that are big in our life. I mean, we had a baby together and her name is Sakara. Um, and once you're parents, you never are not parents together. Um, we need to bring the romance back into our lives. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we need a romantic getaway. <laughs> you got to
0: plan your date nights. Yeah, yeah. well, you
1: kind of do. You do. And there have been a few times where we find ourselves um, at a bar together because somebody canceled last minute or out to dinner and, you know, miscommunication, so it's just the two of us, and, and that's really nice, but it's not as if we'd ever planned that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we
2: naturally get a lot of time together, and so... Which is such a blessing, and I, I do think that we find time throughout the day to mm-hmm. uh, weave in friend time throughout the work day. Oh, you do. And yeah, and work throughout the friend time. Mm-hmm. Where if one of us is having a personal problem or thoughts or issues or whatever it is, we'll talk to each other and think through those things about personal time or
1: mm-hmm. and
2: all of the events and things that we get to do are just so fun because we get to do them together.
1: Uh. Yeah, like hey, we've been in L.A. for the past week doing, I mean, nonstop, like 8 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. to 11 p.m. And, you know, I think it'd be really draining by myself. But because I get to just be with her all day, it's we get to kind of pull in a lot of the, the joy that comes out of it too.
0: What do you guys do like – how do you bring back the Sedona? Like, again, knowing I, I too, work in the business that's in the holistic field mm-hmm. and, you know, like the biggest pet peeve are people like, oh, you must be so zen all the time now. And it's like, and I, look, I'm trying. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always, that's always the goal. And mm-hmm. I do my own personal practice for that, but certainly not the first year. Oh, my God, the first year for yeah. this yeah. thing from it. Yeah. But how do you guys bring back how you were raised or that thing that actually gave you the intuition to mm-hmm. keep sticking through it when your gut told you? that it was going to work where in the world because look business is ego it's all the mind mm-hmm. most of it mm-hmm. so how do you balance like the heart and the mind how do you balance the ego and the intuition like do you have a practice for it is there something you try and remind yourself to do we
2: go home mm-hmm. I think going home Sedona. like Sedona mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we go home to Sedona we spend time with our moms and in nature and just if you go to Sedona you just walk out into nature and sit down on a rock and just be quiet it's helpful and in New York there's a lot of noise just in life there's a lot of noise too a lot of different inputs coming at you from different places different people uh, different media society all these things and if you can just stop and sometimes it's hard to pause and be quiet in the city and so for me especially I like to get out and walk into nature in Sedona sit on a rock and be quiet and it is so quiet that it allows me to start hearing myself again. Mm -hmm. Get back to that point where I feel connected and I I can hear that inner voice.
0: Are you guys really aware? And I know I just interrupted you. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Are you guys really aware when you're feeling disconnected? Like, are you connected enough to know you're disconnected?
1: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I think we can see it in each other. I was going to say,
0: that was just so nice, by the
1: way. Yeah, no, it's nice. And we can remind each other like, hey, I think you should take a morning or... (sighs)
0: jealous like how nice is that to just be like, yeah you you take a moment no it's I got gotcha. you
1: really nice I mean I got it's to hard take, to do for yourself it's hard to do for yourself
0: especially if you have a business I mean because it's twofold you have someone pushing you to do it, which is lovely, and they've got they're taking care of whatever it is you needed to do mm-hmm. so you can actually go take care of yourself without mm-hmm. layers of thinking about what you should be doing
2: yeah and we have an amazing team now yeah that's really. what I was
1: going to say is I actually think um, one of the ways to balance the head and the heart is you know, when when we're when we started the business, we were doing everything and really had to hone <laughs> our business minds and um, think more from I think a headspace all the time, solving problems all the time. Um, and I think now our goal is to build a team that allows us to live in the heart space more because that's what we really bring to Sakara and bring to the company. Um, and we have an incredible team full of brains. <laughs> um, really, really smart um, people that care about this work. And I think the more you can bring on people that allow you to do what only you can do, that's one of the ways we're, and we're still learning. I mean, it's hard, it's hard, you have to force yourself to get out of the minutia of every single day. And when it's your baby, you don't want to get out of the minutiae, but you have to, you really learn that, that you actually get in the way many times and so we're trying to get out of the way and force ourselves to kind of live in that more creative intuitive heart space
0: and speaking of babies now that you have your baby has mm-hmm. it changed at all things that you used to preach like has it challenged you in ways of practices you used to say people should do and you're finding it hard to do? like how has it shifted things for you as far as yeah. this world
1: um i mean i i have no judgment around women and mothers anymore. I think before, <laughs> before I had this idea of what the perfect birth was, or perfect nutrition, or perfect upbringing for children, or maybe not perfect, but what I kind of idolized. And after going through this, I understand why mothers hang out with mothers. There's this inexplicable kind of veil that you've crossed, and once you're there, you just there there. There's this respect for each other. And you don't even have to speak to it. You just you're like, okay, yeah, you've been through that too. There's just this automatic empathy between two mothers. Um, but I would say my daughter has allowed me to have a lot more fun in my work. So hmm, I love that. It's not just it's not just that I have so much fun with her. It's also that when I'm at work, I recognize that that is my time to work. And so she's allowed me to have this. I think a lot more balance actually in my life between work and play, Um, where before I would have just left the office at whatever time and then continue to work at home and just like it never stops because you can never stop working and still never be caught up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now when I leave the office, I take a few hours at home and I'm just with my family and I'm just with her. And that's allowed me to really fill up and fill up my cup. And of course, when she's in bed, then I and back to work. Um, but it's allowed me to have, to recognize that that time I have at work is that time I have at work. And so I treat it with a lot more kind of, I guess, joy. It helps
0: me too that way, the balance. Cause you can't, I always say when I'm home, it's like, as Nicole, it's like impossible to get me half the time. Yeah. Cause it's, you're just,
1: your hands are always full.
0: Yeah. Full and your focus and yeah.
1: And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and then we, I want to get to your four U's cause I know I've kept you long enough, but Back to, like, the eat clean, play dirty, and the philosophy of, like, making it a lifestyle, just not a diet. How do you make sure that people aren't using Sakara as a diet?
1: Mm. Yeah, I got this question last night. I don't know if I did you. Yeah. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. She said, um, she came up to me this, we hosted an event last night, and we had a lot of clients there, which was, it's always so fun. I love it events full of clients Mm because we get to hear their stories there were so many I cried (laughs) like we were signing cookbooks this woman came up to me and told me her story but um another woman came up and said I didn't ask this in front of people because I I didn't want to put you guys on the spot but I did your level two (laughs) yeah put me (laughs) on the spot by myself that's fine um but she said I did your level two program which uh is a program that we worked on with Dr. Aviva Ram and we call it level two because it's the next level. So what people, most people across the country, when they do our program, it's our signature program. Um, and that's very abundant and you'll probably never feel hunger and it's really meant to be a lifestyle solution. But then people, you know, have been on our program for years sometime at a time, you know, not off for a single week. And they'd say, you know, sometimes I just want to level up. Like I just want to do something that's Harder and takes me to that next kind of spiritual level. Takes away a lot of the noise, mm-hmm. um, and you know we we went back and forth about it a lot because I said I don't. I would have been that person that would have just done level two mm-hmm. all the time because it's, it's more restrictive. Two. It's harder. Um, it it forces intermittent fasting, and we do broth dinners, and uh, it's vegetable based, so there's not a lot of fruit, etc. Um, and it's really to kind of give the, the gut a reset and the mind a reset. It really kind of pulls you up into your upper channels. Um, and she said, I, I felt like I was a, on a diet when I did it. And I said, I understand why you felt that way, but why did you feel the need to do level two? Hmm. And, um, she said that she was just looking to, to try something else and then we kept talking. She's like, "Okay, I really just wanted to to look good in my bikini this weekend." And so she like, wanted a diet. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, you know, it sounds like Level Two gave you exactly what you were looking for. You just didn't want to feel, you just didn't really like, I guess, want to live in in that truth, which is which is fine." And so I said, you know, one of the reasons that we, we only offer level two once a month, and it's for that very reason, so that people can't do it every single week. And there are certainly people that do level two now that diet. Um, but at least I know it is very nourishing, and we're actually taking care of you still. Um, but I thought that that was such an, an interesting kind of piece of feedback. And so I said... You know, if you're not understanding from us that you should only be coming to level two if you're in a certain kind of emotional, physical state, then that's on us. And so I think how we help people understand that this is a lifestyle, not a diet, is that there really are no rules. So I told her, if you want to do level two again, do it. And if you're not feeling good, eat something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Like still eat the food that's on level two, but then eat something else. You know, we we have an entire team of health coaches. Mm -hmm. So that's led by a registered nurse, and so there are people to support you all the time. So if you're not feeling good, call us, and we'll give you steps on on how to kind of make it more personal to you in your life. Mm -hmm. But I
0: love that you guys are so much really about what's best for your customer, period, Mm -hmm. which is what makes your brand so pure. And I mean... I I always feel like the key in this business, and it's so hard, is how do you keep just the purity of what you're trying to do? And then hopefully the rest follows and Mm -hmm. supports you. But I think it's amazing because you guys are really living that every day.
1: Yeah, I mean, we set the mission early on to help as many people as possible, and I think that's the only thing that keeps us going, really, is feeling Mm -hmm. like we are. Yeah, if the
2: business weren't that, I don't think that we'd want to be a part of it. So we keep it to be true and clean and honest and heartful as much as possible. And to always put our clients at the center of everything that we're doing to make sure that we support her and are listening to her problems and her needs and providing the best solution possible uh, so that she can share her gifts with the world. That that's what we're trying to do is to take away some of those things that are holding her back, um, that and allow her to feel her strongest, healthiest, most powerful self so that she can go out and do and create and give to the world.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let's see your four U's. I don't know how to top that. That's such an amazing <laughs> statement. <like> <laughs> it is a great place to end. What are, what's your favorite self-care hack?
1: Sakara? I think it'd be silly if we didn't say yeah. food. Yeah, <laughs> no, Absolutely. I, I think having ready for us, having ready to eat food, That's thoughtful, nutritionally designed, highest quality you can find is just, it's life-changing because it does take a lot of thought to create healthy meals these days and a balanced diet. And
2: time. And female lawyers are some of our best clients. Love it. Because they know the value of their hour. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So they know exactly how much their hour is worth. And they're like... Dang, you guys are an amazing price because the time it would take me to meal plan and prep and go grocery shopping and cook and clean up and everything else it it would be much more than the value of your program and
0: and, and also when you're eating that cleanly, the clarity you get, just the quickness you get. I mean, for someone like a lawyer, it's like you're getting like secret
2: juice. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I mean, you are, <laughs> they don't have time to do a lot of other self-care practices. They're sitting in their office from morning till night and usually after night as well. Oh, God. And Um, and so instead of, you know, making it to a workout class, this is their form of self-care. And often for us, too, especially while we're traveling and our schedules are so crazy, this is, for me, my way to stay balanced, to keep myself healthy and in check. And because we know that microbiome health is our immune system, it, it is at the core of our immune system, and uh, while we're out here running around and giving, 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 we have to take care of ourselves. So we do that through food.
0: I'm guessing not a ton of sick days taken at your company.
1: <laughs> no, not Actually, too no, many. no, now that you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so there's a, there you go, companies. Think about yeah. it that way. Um, what's the first thing you do when you wake up?
2: I take a probiotic. Uh, we have a great probiotic. It's a probiotic, prebiotic, and enzyme blend. And I, before I go to bed at night, I put a big glass of water next to my bed so that when I get up, I can take my probiotic and drink down that big glass of water and rehydrate my body first thing. That's a good idea. It's a game changer.
0: <clears throat> I'm really bad with water, so that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> like you're not allowed out of bed until yeah. you finish the cup.
2: <laughs> yeah, I find that that's a, if, if you're not good at drinking water throughout the day because I'm not the best at drinking water yeah, throughout the I'm day. Not. That way you know that at least you, you got that. You got that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um
1: uh, let's see. I guess to be honest, the first thing I do, we co-sleep. My husband and I co-sleep with our nine. So mentors. it's changed what you do now first uh, thing in the yeah, morning. So you know I think I try and just take a moment every morning and mornings are so sweet with babies. They tend to either be Sleeping or in the best mood because they've just woken up from a great night's sleep, um, and so I like to just spend time in bed, even if it's five minutes with my husband and my baby, and sometimes my pup. It's just super a sweet. Really like sacred time, sacred space.
0: I, it sounds amazing. <laughs> Take advantage of it yeah, while you have it. Exactly. Favorite documentary.
1: I'm really into the cosmos right now huh? and astrophysics. Just just reminding myself that we're all so small. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily adhere to everything that astrophysics and kind of science in general does when we talk about the cosmos and the universe. But I still, nonetheless, find it fascinating. Um, so there's a documentary called Cosmos, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's narrated by and hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, it's kind of the the next gen Carl Sagan's version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Seth <laughs> MacFarlane's um, show. Yeah, and it's it's profound. I mean. The, I love what they do, where they they pull in the macro and the micro, and and help you notice the scale of, of what we are in our universe, and it's it's moving and and informative.
0: I was in New Mexico, um, randomly, and they were shooting the cosmos. That's where they, I don't know if they mm. were, and so mm-hmm. we 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 went to. He was hosting an astronomy night of, like, all the local astronomers, and he was like, well, just look at the stars. And, of course, it was super cloudy, so he was laughing. He was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to see anything, but I'll just talk. And it was amazing. We were just sitting outside, and then the clouds, like, parted. And, by the way, some of these local astronomers brought telescopes. I mean, telescopes the size of this rug were on so that you could literally see every planet, every speck. I mean, it it was one of the most... Amazing nights. Yeah. I, and there was only so like incredible. 30 of us. I
1: did something similar in Sedona. So the Southwest of America has some of the best sky in the Ugh. world. Dry, arid desert has really good sky. It was a really incredible night. Yeah. So thanks for that memory.
2: Mm-hmm. And we also still like What the Bleep, do we know? Yeah. We'll it, never it's go an old style. One, But it's a good one. <laughs> um, I think that was it's part so, of... It's so weird. I love it. Yeah. And it, it shifted... The way for both of us, it was, you know, monumental in in creating these new thought patterns and seeing the way that the world works, and going back to that um, idea that we sit in the driver's seat of our own destiny, and that thoughts become things. Yeah. So, Sakara. Uh-huh. The word Sakara is Sanskrit. It means with form or giving form to that that doesn't have form, like your thoughts and dreams and ideas and goals. Um, really, this concept of thoughts to things. I love that. How,
0: the name pop in your head, or is that uh, something you knew? Is that something found like, us? Yeah, usually it does. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It's funny because it it. Once we we named our company that, and then years later, we tried to like go back and find where we'd found it, and we we couldn't.
0: Like, do you even remember like the conversation where you're like, "Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it." Yeah, yeah I we, do. Yeah. We they were, were sitting of, in a cafe mm-hmm. in Soho.
2: Yeah, and we were kind of testing it out a little bit, talking about it to each other, and we're like, I did yeah. that with my daughter. <laughs> I was like, for 10
0: minutes, we're going to use this name, and then mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, we're going to use this <laughs> name.
2: <laughs> but we hadn't found one before that we liked at all. Yeah. And then this one came out, and we were just like, yeah.
1: That's it. That's, that's it. it. It's also very pretty. It's beautiful. Yeah, and like the aesthetically, the, the, the ways. The, yeah. yeah, like visually, it's pretty, and it, it's balanced. I love it. What's a current obsession?
2: Our cookbook. It should (laughs) be. (laughs) It's my current obsession. Of everything we're doing. Yeah. Talking about, sharing.
0: But how interesting for you to be able to take your business to that next level of like, you know, it started, like you said, riding bikes and Mm -hmm. sometimes you guys, sometimes you deliver and now it's you're delivering it in a different way.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were excited about this because there really is no kind of, barrier to entry now i mean it's you can get this book anywhere where books are sold and some of the recipes are difficult but some of them are really easy and what are
0: the what's like the easiest one what's the go-to start
1: um well i don't know if this is the go-to start but one of the most fun and easy especially if you have kids is our superfood cookie dough bites oh done yeah they're They're so good no bake you basically just throw a bunch of things in a bowl roll it and freeze it and they're delicious yeah, know, if excited. you can
2: even wait for it to go into the freezer, <laughs> yeah. I always tend to eat mine before they. I make know it. I like I. I'm yeah. like queen of cookie dough, so yeah. I'll probably yeah, do no, that. It's
1: delicious. I'm also currently obsessed with our banana bread.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw that actually. That was one of the first things I wanted to make. Yeah,
1: we give you a recipe for a pumpkin tahini butter as well, to go with it. Yeah, That's our so sexiest
2: salad in New York City is so delicious. Really good, and it has a cinnamon Dijon dressing. The secret, we say often that the secret is in the sauce. So <laughs> back to your question about how do you get somebody that's not into eating this way to start eating this way? And the secret is to just make it really delicious. And it is. You guys and did such a one good of job. The, the really yummy ones, to get people to eat a salad that don't like to eat salads.
0: I'm just so impressed. And then we'll wrap up, so you, and then you can do your personal practice. But I'm just so impressed because... <laughs> I mean, I love that you cracked this for yourselves, and you were cooking for yourselves, but then the idea of we can bring this to others, because it's not only just the logistics, which I know, thinking about it, must have been a bear to start with, and are probably still probably your biggest issues, I'm sure, in the business.
1: This isn't a business that gets easier as you grow. Right, right. I was going to say, it must (laughs) be a nightmare, but I'm sure
0: even in the beginning, it's like, oh, crap, but just that moment of being like, oh, yeah, we can cook all these great things that are making us feel good that we know we're healthy, but... Wait, now how does it last if it transports and sits on someone's mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. steps for another three hours? Mm-hmm. Like that oh, did yeah. that all, all of a sudden put details. another level of like having to go back to the recipes or having to Oh yeah,
2: yeah. So I mean, oh,
0: it takes you guys really years picked a
1: doozy developed like these years.
2: <laughs> yeah, and having really great people on our team who love to dive into the details of measuring air temperature of boxes shipped to different places around the country with different amounts of ice packs and space in the box and yeah, oh like I'm goodness. glad you guys love doing that <laughs> 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 it's it's complex
0: I'm it, sure it is. It's worth it. <laughs> um, it is worth it. And honestly, on behalf of so many people, thank you, because it really—it's so delicious and easy. Oh, and thank you. now our guts, thank you, everyone, thanks <laughs> you. I mean, it's amazing. So you're doing yeoman's work. It's amazing.
1: Thank, thank you. you so much. And thanks for coming on. It's yeah, been so long. I'm so glad us. to finally
0: sit down with you guys. Yeah,
1: ditto. So it's fun. And congratulations to you. This space is beautiful. Oh,
0: thank you. And congratulations on the book. Everybody get the book, and stay tuned because they will be doing their personal practice, and. Th- Thank you. Thanks.
1: Thanks.
0: So now Whitney and Danielle are going to do their personal practice, which is the Sakara blessing.
2: And this is a blessing that we use before enjoying a meal. Even if you're eating while sitting at your desk, this can be something that you use to tap into the vibrational frequency of your food. Bless this food and let it nourish my body. Gratitude for all the hands that touched it and allowed it to be on my plate. Bless the earth for providing me with everything I need to be healthy, happy, and free.
0: Hey, guys, so you want to try this meal plan? The food is delicious. It makes your life super easy, no thinking involved, and you're getting all of your nutrients taken care of through these incredibly planned meals. So our listeners get $50 off a Saqqara meal plan or their 10-day reset. You have to be a new client. It's only for new clients only. So just use the code DENTALKS at checkout. Enjoy. DENTALKS podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielick. And music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Dentalks Podcast, and join us there.